You know, we are blessed in our church to have so many young people. And uh, we're going to have someone come and preach in just a moment who came many years ago, who actually came with really coming to BJT, I think doing some productions and doing some things and then saw some things in our youth group, but knew that God had placed something on her heart. And so she's come to me one Sunday night and she said, Pastor Mark, I feel that this is the church I'm meant to be at. I feel that God has something for me. And, and I just want to kind of just say, what can I do? And really from that Sunday onwards, she just put one foot in front of the other and she's just done this and she's just done that. She's done this and she's done that. She's done whatever was asked of her and she's done it with a plum. And what she's done is that she came on staff part-time and just this year, she's come on staff full-time. And she's got a great prophetic edge to her preaching. So I want you to do something for me. As she's preaching tonight, don't just hear her words. Hear what God is saying to you behind her words. Let's put our hands together as Rachel Gordon comes and preaches the Word of the Lord. Awesome. Hello, everyone. My name is Rachel, if you didn't catch that. I'm on staff here, youth leader. It's awesome tonight. There's so many young people getting baptised. And I don't know about you guys in the room, but I can't help but just feel like something when you watch that, when you, when you watch people, whatever age they are, just committing to God and committing to live for Jesus. And so tonight I wanna preach a message which is called Get Changed, which is ironic because right now they're actually getting changed. That was not planned. I didn't think about that until right, I was sitting there and I was like, oh, Kirsty's probably gonna go get changed now. And I was like, that's the title of the message. They're getting changed. But tonight my message is called Get Changed. And we're gonna start by reading a passage of the Bible, which is always good. The Bible is our guide to life. And so we're reading from Ephesians 4, verse 17 to 24. It says, So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity and they are full of greed. But that, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self that is created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Would you just close your eyes as we pray? God, we thank You that You have a Word that You wanna speak to us tonight. And God, I thank You that You wanna encourage and challenge us to live the life and to live the abundance that You have called us and You have given us access to. And so I just pray tonight that You would breathe upon these words, God, and You would just speak to each individual in this room about the life that you've called them to live and you would lead us into fullness of life, Lord. We just love you and we honour you in this place tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So just to give you a little bit of a background to this passage, this is Paul writing this letter and 
He's talking to one group of people. And at the time of the early church, there was two big groups, the Jews and the Gentiles. If you've been in church, you probably have heard them together, the Jews and the Gentiles, the Jews and the Gentiles. But who actually were they? So the Jews, this is really basic because you just need this to understand you know, what we're talking about. Super basic. The Jews were those who were raised in the traditions of their ancestors, which we read about in the Old Testament in the Bible. They knew about God. They were raised with families, they were raised in tradition, they knew somewhat about God. And the Gentiles was basically everyone else, people who had no knowledge of God. The Jews knew God, Gentiles did not. They weren't raised in the life that God had designed them to live. And they heard about Jesus through Paul who wrote all these letters. And in this particular one in Ephesians, he's writing to encourage the Gentiles who had given their lives over to God have said, hey, I wanna follow you, Jesus. And he was encouraging them, there is new life in God and it's time to actually leave behind what you were before you met Jesus and start walking in the new life that God has for you. And I think that's the same as today. There's people who've grown up in families in church. I grew up with a family who followed God. I grew up in church and I knew from an early age a knowledge of God but I still had to make that decision to follow him. But there's also people in the world who haven't grown up in church and who come from pretty different backgrounds to me. It's still applicable today. And so I just wanna illustrate a bit of this new life, old life with you tonight. And I hope I'm not the only one in this room. I know for a fact there's one, Tiana. I know for a fact there's one other person in this room who does this. So I'm really hoping there's more than just the two of us together. But I don't know, have you ever been like shopping and you know exactly what you're going for. You're like, okay, I've got to like, you know, I've got to get some new clothes. Like uh, they're all getting a bit worn out. I need something new. You're going, you'd have intention when you go. You're like, I need a new dress or I need shirts or I need jeans. It's the hardest thing to buy. And you go shopping and you're trying on all this stuff and you find these items. You're like, wow, this is so beautiful. And you're like in the change rooms, you put it on. You're like, wow, I look so good. If you're a girl, you're like justifying it to yourself by saying, I can dress this down and casual or I can dress this up. And then you justify buying it because you're like, I can wear this to like, you know, Saturday brunch. I can wear this to Sunday church. I can wear this if I'm going out with my family. That's how we justify purchases. Well, for me, this happened a while ago, it happens all the time, but it, this particular incident happened a while ago and it was actually a jacket. It was like a blazer. So I was like, it was really different for me at the time. I was like, I don't really wear this kind of stuff. And I was trying it on, I was like, wow, this is, I like this. Like I feel confident, I feel good. And so I bought this jacket and I had every intention of wearing it. And I took it home and I was planning out all these outfits in my head and I hung it up in my cupboard and I was like, I'm wearing you next week. I know where I'm wearing you. And then when I went to wear it, I just wasn't feeling it. And then just, it wasn't working for me. So I left it in my cupboard. And I'm really ashamed to tell you this tonight, but it sat in my cupboard completely unworn for four years. I kid you not, four, it's the one. I'm so embarrassed because it's such a long time. Like most people probably be like, oh yeah, like six months. And then I rediscovered it. For me, it was four years. This blazer sat in my cupboard because every time I went to like, I looked at it, I was like, I'm just not feeling it. Like, I don't know. I loved it when I bought it. But I just don't feel it now. And so it wasn't until literally last September, like a few months ago that I saw it and I was like, oh my goodness, I have this. What? 
So I put it on and I loved it. I was like, I love this jacket. I'm wearing it all the time. And I did, I wore it and I was like, this is so good. I love it. And you know, we do this with clothes, but sometimes I think we can actually do this with the life that God gave us access to live and He wants us to live. We get saved and we have this amazing encounter with God and we're like, yes, I'm gonna follow Jesus. I'm gonna change my whole life. I wanna look like God. But then maybe we just end up leaving that life in the closet, unworn, untouched. We want and we have the new life that God gave us, but we just leave it there. Hopefully not for four years, but maybe. You know, maybe it's because we don't actually know what the new life is. Maybe you ne- we're never taught. You had an encounter with Jesus and you gave your life to Him, but you weren't shown or talked through what it looks like and what you've been given access to in living the life God had for you. Maybe you feel like you don't deserve it. You know, sometimes our past is bad. Sometimes people have done some bad stuff in their past and they just, it's so, the grace of God is so uncomprehendable and you, we feel like, well, I've done too much. Like, I don't deserve a new life. I don't deserve a fresh chance to start again. Or maybe we're just trying to live one foot in the old, one foot in the new. We're like, wow, like the new life with Jesus sounds amazing. And I know I have so much in Him, but like my friends are over here and everything they're doing is so much fun. And I love this life and it's really tempting. And we kind of just one in, one out. You know, this new life was purchased completely free for us. I don't know about you, but it's always more fun going shopping when you have like gift cards and birthday money than when you've like been paid and you're like, oh, it's my money I'm spending right now. I wanna go shopping and I wanna like, you know, refresh my wardrobe, but like, I don't really wanna spend the money on it. It's always nicer when you like, it's gifted. But this, this new life was gifted. This life in Jesus was completely free. We didn't do anything to earn it. Jesus Christ with His own blood bought a new life for us, but have we actually been putting it on? Maybe we've not even been living in it yet. It's unworn in our closet. Instead of putting on this new outfit, then for me, the new jacket, instead of putting it on and feeling really confident and walking around, yes, I'm, this is great. I've decided to just live in like those five-year-old jeans that are like worn out and stretched and I was gonna say ripped, but it's kind of normal nowadays to just ripped. We're living in the old. Now when Paul says you must no, no longer live like the Gentiles, I think this actually would have been a calling upwards for them, an encouragement, but also a challenge to no longer live the same way they were before they met Jesus, but to actually live different. And I know that tonight the Holy Spirit is encouraging us and challenging us with the same thing. He's saying, hey, if you've chosen to follow Jesus, that's awesome. You have this whole new life that you get to live in, awesome. But it actually means We have to make some changes and it means we have to start living different. Your new life with Jesus can't look the same way it did before you met Him. We actually have a choice to make, to put off the old life and to put on the new and it's time to actually live different. You know, I've, this is you and me in this together. I've personally been challenged by the Holy Spirit recently about this saying, He's saying to me, are you living different enough that the people, the world around you can actually see something different about you? Because what I've seen in the last few years, and I'm sure you're all seeing it, is there's so many people living so much less than what God designed for them to live in. And I want my life to display the abundance and the joy and the hope that I know they're all searching for, but they're not looking in the right places and they're not gonna find it. We found it and we have it in God. 
Am I actually waking up each morning and actively putting on this new life, getting that jacket out of the wardrobe, wearing it so that the way that I talk, the way I live my life, the way I walk actually displays what it's like to live in abundance with God. You know, this passage that we've talked about, Ephesians 4, it highlights three steps in what we were taught about Christ, about living this new life. And it's my prayer that tonight, if you are a follower of Jesus, you've already committed your life to Him, that you'd also be challenged in a good way and encouraged and challenged to actually start putting off the things that we're still wearing of our old life and start putting on what God has given to you to live in. And if you have never made that decision, if you've never said yes to God, to following Him, that tonight the life with Jesus would just seem so much better than the old life, that you'd actually make that decision tonight. That's what we wanna see. That's what I wanna see is people committing to God for the first time and recommitting to Him in that way. And so the first thing Paul tells us to do is put off our old self. It's a good start. Our old self is actually everything we were before we met Jesus. It was our actions, it's our thought patterns, the motivations of our heart. The old self is the nature of our flesh. You know, Paul writes a lot of letters, but in another letter in Galatians, he writes that our flesh wants what's opposite to the spirit, which is our new life. And the spirit, our new life, wants what's opposite to the flesh. This constant tension, our whole life of doing what God wants us to do, but also desiring to just do what our flesh wants to do. It's a constant battle. But our old way of life, it can't ever be pleasing to God. It's not what He wants for us. It's not what He plans for us. And we can't have both. We can't have the old and the new, one foot in and one foot out. Now he tells us in Ephesians 4 in this passage that the Gentiles before Christ, they lived with hardened hearts towards God. And the Bible talks a lot about our heart. The heart is used to describe a whole person it's our thinking, our willing, our feeling, our interacting with each other. And our hardened heart is a negative thing. It's when we've chosen to reject God, we've chosen to stop listening to Him in all the areas of our life. And the Gentiles, before they met Jesus, just like us, that's what they were doing, rejecting God, living in their flesh. They lived to please themselves. Do you live to please yourself? I'll be vulnerable. I know I do sometimes. It's natural. It's our flesh. So of course we all do. But that life, that decision to live, to follow that desire is never leading us to the abundant life that God has planned for us. Now I wanna read a, a passage of scripture in Galatians, which actually talks about what our old life, what following the desires of our flesh, what living to please ourselves looks like. And it's pretty intense, I'm just gonna warn you. I'm reading it in the message version because I think it shows an exact description of things you'll see in the world. Maybe you recognize yourself in, in one of them. It's intense, but I think it's the perfect picture of what the old life produces. In, in Galatians 5 verse 19 to 21, it says, it's obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. Repetitive, loveless and cheap sex, stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage, frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness, Trinket gods, magic show religion, paranoid loneliness, cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never satisfied wants, a brutal temper, an impotence to love or be loved, divided homes and divided lives, small-minded and lopsided pursuits, 
the vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival, uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions and ugly parodies of community. This is the description of where living in our old life is gonna take us. This is the description of what happens when we live to please ourselves. And I don't know about you, but I really don't want that life. <laughs> I really don't want that in anywhere near my life. To me, it sounds super depressing and very empty. And I just don't even wanna go near that. You know, we, we actually make a decision to put off that life, our old life. And if you're a follower of Jesus in this room and we proclaim that Jesus is our Lord, then we actually have to. We have to put off that old life. This life that we live is not our own. And we're not striving to make our own name famous. We're living for the glory of God. That's our purpose, is that in everything that we do, God would receive glory. So putting off our old life actually starts with an acceptance of His offer of new life and a willingness to obey the prompting of the Holy Spirit as He leads us into that abundance. We have to be willing to surrender our pride and our flesh so that we can follow the Holy Spirit. We can hear His voice. And we have to actually make a decision that we're gonna take off those stretched and ripped and stained five-year-old worn out jeans, putting off the old life, which leads us into the second thing, which is to be made new in our minds. And in other translations, the word that's used is renewed, which you might've heard before. But if we break down that word renewed, we can take it into two parts, bit of an English lesson. So hopefully I get it right. The first part is the word re, which is actually a prefix, which is a letter or a group of letters that's added to another word to change the meaning. And so this particular one, re, has a Latin root, which means again and again. And when we add this to our second, second word, new, to be renewed in the attitude of our minds, we see it's not just a one-time thing. It's an again and again and again process. Romans 12 verse two says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing and perfect will. You know, when I think of a pattern, there's a few things, that, like few words I would use to associate with that. I would use it to recreate something. I'd use it to reproduce something or to repeat. And in all those words, we see that word re, which is again and again. Recreate is to make something happen again. Reproduce is to make a copy. And to repeat is to say or do something that's already been done before. And tonight, when you receive Christ, you're given a new life. You're not meant to continue in the pattern of your old life. You're not called to recreate what you had before Christ. You're not called to reproduce those same actions. And you're not called to repeat behaviours. You're called to be renewed. And to be renewed is to let the Holy Spirit make new our minds and our thoughts and our actions, every part of our life again and again and again from the day we receive Jesus until the day we pass away. It's a whole life thing that He's doing in us. And the more that we actually allow Him to renew us, the more we're able to see and the clearer we can see and recognise God's will, His way for us to live. Everything has to be transformed within us until we reflect Christ. Our mind, our heart, our actions, our words. You were never created by God to look like the world around you. You're not meant to fit into it. 
You are actually created to look like Christ. And that means standing out and it means living different. Our flesh nature, everything we think, every way we act, it all looks like the world. It follows the pattern of the world. But our new life, the life that Christ died to give us, it's the opposite. And it's why we need to be renewed by the Holy Spirit so that we can reproduce the pattern of the kingdom of God and not the world. And it takes us to the third point that Paul writes about, which is kind of in conjunction, because if you think about the renewing processes over a lifetime, this part's also over a lifetime. It's an everyday thing. It's to put on the new self. God paid for a whole new wardrobe. That sounds, me sounds amazing. Free wardrobe, free everything. We have access to a whole new life in Jesus. But I've actually got to make a decision to put it on, not let it sit in my wardrobe for like me, four years, but hopefully not that long for you. <laughs> it's not meant to sit there. And it's the same for that new life in Christ. I have to make a choice to put it on and to wear it and to walk in it and to live out my life in that. 2 Corinthians 5:17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And what I've seen is many amazing Christians, people who've decided to follow God, who've given their life to Him, who've been given access to a whole new life, but they're still living in those genes. They're still living in the worn out, old, disgusting genes that they've had for like years. The idea of putting on our new life gives us the picture of getting changed taking off the old clothes, our old life, and putting on a new outfit, the new life. Maybe I can get the band to come join me up here. It's time to get changed. And I really believe that God is calling us as Christians, firstly to know, but also to put on this new life that He died for us to have. The life Jesus paid for is a life of joy and it is a life of peace. It is a life that is at rest from striving. It's a life of provision and of security and of purpose. But what I see and what you probably see is people living the opposite of this, in worry, in questioning, in doubt. God wants to use us, His people, the ones that He created to display to the world around us that life with God is abundant. We get to be the picture of abundant life if we choose to put it on and if we choose to walk in it. This is what you have access to. This is the new life. You get a new identity. You are set free from everything in your past. You are clean. You have hope. You can have security you're restored, you are healed, you are forgiven, you are accepted, you are whole, you have peace, you have joy, you are loved and you do have a purpose. I wanna live that life. That's the life I want. Firstly, because that what we talked about for that old life sounds terrible. That sounds like the worst. This, this new life sounds so much better to me than what that is. But secondly, because I can see a world around me that is desperately needing what I have in Christ. And we have, I have, you have the opportunity to be the picture of abundant life. 
we could be the ones to show the world around us how good it is to live with Jesus, how good it is to have a new life in Him. When we accept Jesus, we automatically receive that life. There's nothing you need to do or earn or strive for. It's yours. If you commit your life to Jesus, you have it. You have access to that wardrobe. And the renewing of our minds and the putting on every single day of that life, that's the process for living it out. So can I ask you tonight, what are you wearing? Are you still wearing those five-year-old jeans still after all this time? The ones you've held on to just in case you don't find something better or the ones that just, just feel that little bit too comfortable to throw away. You just can't bear the thought of like buying a new pair and wondering if they'll be right for you. Or actually, are you putting on that jacket? Are you putting on that new item? Are you putting on your new wardrobe, your new life that Jesus Christ purchased for you to live in? Are you actually putting it on? Tonight, you actually do have already, every single one of you who has chosen to follow Jesus, access to a whole new wardrobe of new life that has been completely paid for and given to you to put on, to wear. There's so much. You know, what we said about, you know, life, the abundant life with God before is just this much of what Jesus died so that we could live in. There's so much more to it. And Jesus has made so much possible for us, freedom from our shame, victory over our sin, new identity, hope in every situation. And you can live this life redeemed, free, victorious, new. There's a new life that Jesus has, but are you putting it on? Are you living in it? Tonight, I just wanna, as we come to a close, pray for two groups of people tonight, firstly, the the group of people who have never given their life to Jesus. We always wanna offer an opportunity for you to commit and say yes to Jesus. It is the abundant life. It is the best life. And I would hope that you could ask anyone of this in in the room and we would answer with, yeah, it is. You need Jesus. We need Him. And it's great. It doesn't I don't remember who said it up here before. Jeremy, I think it was. It doesn't mean that things in life get easier. It doesn't mean we don't face sin. It doesn't mean we don't face tough times. But we have all that we need in Jesus to make it through.